Hey guys, welcome to The Nursing Co-op. I am so excited that you're here. On this podcast, our goal is to build your confidence, expand your knowledge, and create a supportive, cooperative community for nurses, one nurse at a time. My name's Ashley. I'm a registered nurse on a mission to empower nurses to build meaningful careers and change nursing culture along the way. In our time together, I hope to share my experiences, provide you with resources, and create a space where you can find your footing as a nurse without judgment. We will unravel nursing topics and make connections with amazing guests to give you all of the tools that you need to build an incredible life and career. I believe that it takes a village to build a strong nurse. We are your village. This is The Nursing Co-op. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. For today's episode, we have a quick little skills episode that I wanted to share with you guys based on your questions uh, that I was asking on Instagram last week. So a lot of you guys were asking for more skills style episodes, and a common topic that came up for a few of you was how to interact and work with central venous catheters or CVCs. This might be a pick line. It could be a central line that's inserted somewhere else, subclavian vein or femoral. Um, regardless of where the line is located, the treatment of that line is pretty much the same. The little bit of an exception is with femoral lines because they're in an area of the body that is so much more prone to infection that we worry a little bit more about femoral lines than we do other other lines. So just keep that in mind as we kind of chat. Um, but I just wanted to talk really quickly about five different little tips that I have learned over over the past couple years um, that are good to remember when you are working with central lines and will help you prevent things like clabsies or central line associated bloodstream infections. Honestly, as I look at my list, it looks like I could probably talk about more than five things, so we'll we'll get into it, but a really quick little list of things to keep in mind when you are using these lines. If you are in the ICU or um, one of the more acute care areas, you'll probably see these pretty frequently. If you are in a step-down unit or something like that or in chemo, in oncology or an area where you are giving chemo, you may see a lot more pick lines um, and you may see more pick lines on the floor. So you probably have a time when you'll deal with these types of lines regardless of where you are. You'll see them. Um, a lot of times certain central lines will be taken out before they before a patient will go to the floor. So you may not see these as much depending on where you are, but it's still good to know how to interact with these lines in case you end up with a patient who has one. Um, A lot of times central lines are originally inserted because a patient needs something like long-term antibiotic therapy. They might be getting chemo through that line, uh, although a port is usually the best method for, for giving chemo. They may be needing uh, total parenteral nutrition or TPN or if you are in the ICU or in an area where you're giving more caustic medications, you may also have a central line to protect the patient's veins um, and have a safer method to be giving certain medications. Or if a patient is on long-term things like pressors, they need a central line. And that usually is occurring in the ICU or an area like that. So you will probably have some interaction with the central line regardless of where you are. So let's chat a little bit about some of the things to just keep in mind, the nursing considerations that you should keep in mind when you are using a central line, whether it's a PIC or a CVC. 
same thing, just different areas. So the first one that I wrote down that I was sort of researching and realizing is a little bit outdated is what you may have been told, which is to always use a 10cc syringe when you are flushing um, a central line. The reason that they said this in the past was because a smaller syringe um, uses higher pressure and could rupture your central line. But nowadays, most central lines are able to handle pressure and high pressure injections. And so you don't necessarily have to worry as much about this one. But if you want to be safe, I would just get into the habit of using a 10cc syringe or larger when you are interacting with a central line. Your flushes are typically 10cc syringes. So it's pretty simple to keep that in mind as you're using these lines. So that's number one, just to just to keep in mind, as I said, as I read through some of the research today, it's not something we have to worry about as much. But if you want to be on the safe side, just aim towards a 10cc syringe whenever you are using a central line. Number two is consider if your meds are compatible within each port of your central line. So depending on the central line that you are working with, you may have a single lumen, a double lumen, a triple lumen. Um, I think there's even quadruple lumens. I haven't used those. I typically dealt with uh, triple lumens. But if you have multiple lumen catheters, meaning that you have um, multiple areas where you could attach an, uh, an IV line to, so three different little pieces hanging out of the body, that is, those are your lumens. And if you have multiple lumens, you can infuse different things in each one, and those are considered independent. So as much as they are going into the same line, it's easy for us to think that you couldn't put two incompatible medications into one central line. But if you have multiple lumens, you can put incompatible medications because each of those lumens are independent. So if you have something like TPN and then basically anything else, you could put TPN in one line and your electrolytes or your pressors or whatever else you have in another uh, of the lumens, and those could be infusing at the same time, and that is safe. So keep that in mind. Um, the easiest way, if you are dealing with a situation where you've got you know three plus different medications that you are questioning whether you can infuse in that central line safely, um, and which, which ports you should use, the easiest way to deal with that is to call up your pharmacist. So this is true for pretty much any hospital. You should have the access to a pharmacist that you could call and say, hey, I have this med, this med, this med, and this med, and I have double, I have a dual lumen catheter. What can I put together? How can I infuse these? And they are usually really great. They have some really awesome technology that they can, like a database they can use to figure out what medications can safely infuse together um, in different lumens. So that is a really great resource if you are questioning things. I know that when I was in the ICU, we often had like eight different meds and, you know, a couple antibiotics and we had a triple lumen central line and then we had a couple peripheral IVs and it was like, okay, what do I put with what? How do I do this? The easiest thing was always just to call the pharmacist because they were great at being like, okay, put this in lumen A, this in lumen B, this in your peripheral line, and there you go. Um, so great resource there for you, but always consider which meds are compatible within each port or lumen. If you put incompatible meds together, 
they will destroy your central line. They will mess up that access. And that is the last thing that you want. They can, um, they can cause like crystallization within the lumen. They could just clot it off. There's all sorts of things that can happen when two meds that are incompatible interact. So consider that at the start of your shift. Also, the tip with this too, do not just take someone's word for it. If you are getting a patient and they say, I have this and this going into this lumen and this and this going to this one, or if they just say, these are all the things infusing and don't tell you where things are going. At the start of your shift, if you have a central line with multiple different um, IV lines going through it, different medications going through it, always trace your lines, know what's going where. And if you are not certain that the things that are infusing together are compatible, go and check yourself. Because I've I've certainly caught that. Other nurses have caught that, that, you know, we weren't thinking or we just didn't check and people are putting medications together that are not compatible. So if you catch it, you're more likely to save that line. So always trace your lines and always check if the medications that are going into each lumen are compatible and consider the rest of your day in the medications that you're going to need to be giving and what line you're going to use for those things that you can time things appropriately and consider what goes together. The other little piece with this one is to always know what port or lumen you will be using in the event of an emergency. So this is true regardless of if you have a central line or not. At the start of your shift, you should know what your access is and what you are going to use in the event of an emergency. So if you have a central line, you've got triple a triple lumen central line, just know this is the port I'm going to use if I have an emergency. So for example, if you've got a bunch of pressors going and really important meds in you know, one lumen and then you've got like TPN in one and then you've got you know maintenance fluid going through one, I would pick my maintenance fluid line and know that that line works really well. So just consider that at the start of your shift. What meds are compatible, make sure that you double check that, and then make sure that you know which lumen or line you're going to be using for an emergency. Next thing, if you have lumens in that central line that are not infusing, make sure that you're flushing those every shift. Um, When you come on, flush your lines. And if you um, have different things infusing in each one, that more than likely means that those things are infusing well. But if you need to do a blood draw later or something, consider what lumen you're going to use and make sure that that one works well and is drawing back. So it's good to flush each lumen and make sure that it's drawing blood back. Because if it's not, that's not a normal function of a central line. It's something that you should bring up to someone, call your VAT team, call someone to so they can troubleshoot your line. Each of those lumens should be able to flush well and draw blood back. So just consider that at the start of every shift, make sure your line is always working very well. If not, it's it's either reaching the end of its life or something needs to happen um, that, you know, if you put a little TPA in there or something to break up a clot that might be forming. And again, these are great questions for your VAT team um, or your charge nurse or, or whoever is in charge of lines um, if you are questioning whether you need to intervene on your line. The next thing, this is a really great thing to remember to prevent any infections on this line is to take really good care of it. So really we're scrubbing the hub um, of each of those lumens at least 15 to 30 seconds before you use it. The other great thing that you can do if your hospital has access to it is use the Kuros caps that fit 
onto those lumens if you have one that's unused. And for most hospitals, I know mine, this was a policy as well, every line that's infusing into that central line, all of the ports on my IV line also had the Kuros caps on them. Those are the little green caps that have alcohol, isopropyl alcohol infused into them so that they're making sure that each of those ports it remains clean at all times and that you're not getting any source of bacteria or infection into any of the IV lines that are infusing. So all of your lines, if this is a hospital policy for you, all of your lines should have those caps along them. There should not be an open port without one. And if you have a lumen that you aren't using, you should have that capped as well, usually capped and clamped. And this is going to help to prevent any infection in that line and also to promote the longevity of your central line. And that's what we want because central lines are glorious things, especially on someone who has really crappy veins. The next piece is super important to in the prevention of collapses um, and in, any infection on your lines. And that is taking care of your dressing. So your hospital will have its own policy, but a lot of hospitals, the policy is that that central line dressing needs to be changed at least every seven days. Some of them are sooner than others, and it really depends on the line. Um, but make sure that you're keeping up with your hospital's policy on how often to change that dressing. Make sure that the dressing that you're looking at at the start of a shift has a date on it or somewhere where you can find out where that dressing was last changed. It's a great question to ask in report. If you hear that you have a central line, you can ask like, when was the dressing changed? If they don't know, that's something to find out. And if you can't figure it out, then I would change that dressing at that point and make sure that it's dated so that you are complying with your hospital's policy and keeping your patients safe. When you are doing a central line dressing change, this is a sterile process. You should have central line dressing change kits on your unit that should have sterile gloves. Um, but because this is directly going to, this is a central line, meaning it's going directly to the heart. So that is a high risk line. So we want to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to make any exposure very sterile and keep the patient safe in that sense. So you should have a kit. Um, I'm not going to walk you through exactly how to do a central line dressing change, only because it's going to be different at every hospital, depending on the equipment you have. But it typically involves using um, CHG and cleaning around the site, cleaning the lumens themselves, making sure that those are clean, um, changing out your caps. Some For some of us, it's changing out the claves on the central line. Um, there's a number of pieces that go into this and then putting a bio patch or a CHG infused dressing on your central line, depending on what your hospital has and securing it well. So there's a number of things that are going on in a central line dressing change. Know how your hospital does those. That part's really important and know how often you need to be doing a dressing change. Um, the other piece here that I want to just remind you of is if you have a patient with a central line, at the start of your shift, you should be looking at that dressing regardless of if it is near the day where it's supposed to be changed. Because depending on where that line is, it is really common for the dressing to start to pull off or start to fall off. Or, you know, if it's near the patient's neck, for example, they bend their neck and then that dressing loses its integrity, or if it's a femoral line, those ones usually need to be changed a lot more often just because it's a highly soiled area. And it's also just an area where they're just bending their leg or moving or whatever that can cause the dressing to go bad 
prematurely or get soiled prematurely or being pulled off or something like that. So always look at your central line dressing at the start of your shift and know what it looks like. So if you've got any drainage under there, if you know it's you're starting to have a hard time seeing the line, if it looks like the dressing's pulling and maybe is pulling on the sutures that are keeping that line in, that dressing needs to be changed as soon as you can. So don't wait until it's time for the dressing change if that dressing is not looking perfect. That dressing should always look good. Your line should always be secure because any pulling, any open access is a potential for your patient to get an infection and that can fall on you. So take care of these lines and make sure that your dressings always look good and they have the necessary pieces like a bio patch or CHG somewhere in that dressing. And last thing, the thing that we don't like to hear as nurses because we love central lines is make sure that you're you're removing any unnecessary lines, especially central lines. So If you have a patient who was on TPN and has been off of TPN for the last three days, you probably don't need that line anymore if that is the only reason you had it. Um, Or if they're done with their antibiotic therapy or if they're leaving the ICU soon and they're off of all their pressors, we love to keep our central lines as long as we can. But we also need to consider how much that impacts our patient's risk of infection, keeping that line. The longer they have a line, the the higher the risk that they're going to get an infection. So if you no longer need a line, you should be asking your provider whether you should be removing it and making sure that you're keeping on top of that. We don't want to keep unnecessary lines because that puts our patients at higher risk. So that's the last one to keep in mind. It's the one that we don't like, but it's important to remember. Okay, so really quickly, just to recap, use a 10cc syringe on your central lines. This one is the research is showing may not be as important as it used to be still a habit for me so just usually feels safe to use a 10 cc syringe on your central line Um, always make sure that your medications that are infusing into each each lumen are compatible with each other and know which one you will which lumen you're you'll use in the event of an emergency if you have one Make sure that you're flushing and caring for your central line daily, making sure that you have blood return in each lumen. Um, if, if you can't flush it or if it's a sluggish flush or if you're not getting blood return, that is something to address before the problem gets worse and you lose your central line. So consider that at the start of every shift. And if you have any issues, follow up with your charge nurse or if you have a VAT team or specialized line team, follow up with them. Next, scrub the hub at 15 to 30 seconds and make sure that you're always using Kuros caps or whatever pieces of equipment your hospital has to protect those lines and make sure that the central line is remaining clean and without exposure to bacteria. Next is dressing changes. Make sure that you're following your hospital's policy on these, making sure that it's at least every seven days or if your dressing's not looking good, make sure that you're changing it and doing so in a sterile way using whatever your hospital uses to do a sterile dressing change. And lastly, remove any unnecessary lines as soon as you can, even though we want to hang on to them as long as we can. It's important to get these lines out to prevent infection for our patients. Okay, that was a really, really quick for me (laughs) episode just about central lines. Things to keep in mind. If you guys have things that you think should be added to this list, definitely reach out and let me know if this was helpful for you please let me know, share it with a friend. 
I am happy to do more quick skills episodes like these ones. If these are things that you guys are looking for, or if there are topics that you'd like to hear more about or skills that you'd love to see an episode on, reach out to me on Instagram or send me an email. Just check the show notes and all of that information will be there. I would love to hear from you. I always love to hear from you guys. So I hope that you guys are having an awesome week and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.